Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's, Rappaport's Reality, Reality Podcast. Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. Hey, and welcome to The Short Stuff. I'm Josh. There's Chuck. Jerry's here sitting in for Dave, and this is Short Stuff. Giddy up. Tally ho. Let's go. Let's make sure this one doesn't blow. <laughs> Ooh, saucy. Thank you. A curse, a curse upon your house. A pox upon you, then, jerk. <laughs> I would never write a curse tablet for you, my friend. No. No, nor would I. I mean, like, I, I, I would even think that would go without saying because it's just such a jerk move to write a curse tablet against somebody if you think about it. Yeah, I never had heard of these before. Me either. Uh, these are what kind of what it sounds like. It's a tablet. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is generally ancient Rome or Greece right. with a curse inscribed upon it. Uh, and you would generally inscribe this curse um, after somebody's death, right? Not necessarily. Not necessarily. Usually, though. There's one, a famous one in Pompeii that somebody affixed to a tomb. So you could do it after death. And what you were essentially saying, do you want to read that one? Sure. You ready? I'm ready. And this comes to our friends from HowStuffWorks.com and Ancient Rome and Ancient Greece. Stranger, stay a short while, if it is not too troublesome, and learn what to avoid. This man, who I hoped was a friend of mine, brought prosecutors to me, uh, a.k.a. persecutors, sort of? No, I think— like, literal prosecutors. I think he sued him. Oh, okay. Prosecutors to me. and Oh, yeah, sure. And instigated proceedings. Mm-hmm. I am grateful to the gods and my innocence, colon. I am free from all trouble. Uh, he who deceived us, may he not receive the penates, uh, which are the household gods— nor the underworld. Right. So what this guy who cursed this this other person's tomb was saying is, this guy's a jerk. I hope that his his soul basically doesn't even make it to the afterlife. That yeah. essentially he's just doomed to wander aimlessly for eternity because he sued me once. That's right. And this is a great example of a sort of a standard issue curse tablet, mm-hmm. uh, also known at times as a deck. Oh, here we go. Defixion. Wow, nice. I was going to say the E on the end and, and pinch my forefinger and thumb together. Defixion. Yeah, I think that's <laughs> that's it. You might be right. Uh, but this was a common practice uh, at various times through the ancient times. Mm-hmm. And uh, they were not necessarily always written on the same thing. Sometimes it was uh, papyrus. Sometimes I believe they found lamps and pieces of clay and things like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, it kind of depends on how much money you had. Um, but there was a lot of lead because of the silver mining operations, uh, especially near Athens. And so lead turned out to be a really great sort of permanent thing that you could carve something on. And apparently it looks really cool when carved upon. Yeah, there's somebody uh, interviewed in the How Stuff Works article that said, you know, when you when you write on it, when you carve it, it has like this kind of like um, silvery line that really kind of pops, I guess, against like the, the <laughs> dull 
the dullness of the oxidized lead. And then also, it's just easy to write in lead. You can carve in it pretty easily. You don't have to be like a, a silversmith of any sort to do that. You right. can just be an average schmo with something sharp. <laughs> That's right. Uh, there was a, a historian, too, they talked to that said that it kind of came and went throughout history, but it interestingly, uh, was like a real fad and then went away really quickly each time that happened. Mm -hmm. It wasn't like a gradual rise and fall. They described it as sharp spikes in popularity. Yeah, and I saw that it was um, it was a uh, the time that it popped up was somewhere around like 500 BCE to maybe 350 BCE is when it first starts. And um, if you'll remember, Chuck, from our bicameralism episode, that's about the time people got their their brain, their consciousness in order and started to get superstitious because the gods had abandoned them. Interesting. I think so, too. I wonder if this has anything to do with that. Yeah. I mean, sure. It might have just been part of that time, you know? Yeah. Why not? Julian Jane's hypothesis (laughs) wasn't scientific. I can add to it any way I like. (laughs) All right. So let's... um, (laughs) It's very smug the way he said that. I liked it. (laughs) Uh, you're, that always reminds me anytime I hear the word smug when Tom Cruise talked to Matt Lauer about being smug. Oh, yeah? No, I never saw it's that a, one. Oh, it's one of the great clips. Of course, Matt Lauer ended up being a, a creep. Yeah. But, uh, so I'm not defending him, but I think he was talking about Scientology and he just kept... Oh, no, no, he was talking about glib. Sorry. Mm, Matt, oh, you're yeah. being glib. Yeah, that's right. I have seen that. Yeah. Good clip. Uh, all right, let's take a break and ponder Tom Cruise-ness and uh, we'll be back to talk about Cursed Tablets right after this. S-Y-S-K You should know S-Y-S-K You should know Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport And I'm Kibi Rappaport And together we're hosting Rappaport's Reality Podcast We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're talking tea, we're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Here are some examples of what you'll hear from us on Rappaport's reality podcast. This is where we discuss all things reality TV, all things popular culture. And a little bit of... Rappaport's reality, the reality of bit. us. We're a figuring out. And if we had been recording these last four or five days, it, it would have been, Ooh, a, been the podcast would have taken a, a, a left turn. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. As important as choosing the right destination when traveling is choosing the right travel partner. Gene! Eugene Fodor. Gene, we'll boot it. Much of the joy you will find on the road comes from the person you share it with. So you write the books, Gene, and Vlastor on the business. I understand now. He's a wise man who marries a wiser woman. But be careful and choose your travel partner well, because the worst trips result when two partners have two different agendas. Get down! I'm not stupid, Jean. Something is going on, and it's high time you tell me the truth. Freeze, Americano. Jean, run! So travel before it's too late. Your money will return. Your time won't. And we're all too quickly approaching that final destination. 
Listen to Fodor's Guide to Espionage on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. So one of the things that people seem to do, and this was like when when they were in fashion, when cursed tablets were in fashion, um, everybody was into them. But sure. it seems like one of the things that you would do is like curse your rivals. Um, mm-hmm. Sometimes your rival in politics, your rival in business. I think some people mm-hmm. cursed the rival chariot teams to their favorite sure. chariot teams, which is neighbors really lunkheaded. But it, it like yeah. it just goes to show people have been lunkheaded for thousands of years, right? There's always been lunks. Yeah, your neighbors, especially if you have some sort of dispute, anyone who takes you to court. Um, and then also people um, who are romantic rivals to somebody you like. I saw mm. one that basically said, may, uh, I think, Helen uh, be bound when she tries to flirt with or have sex with, you know, the dude that I like, whatever his name was, I don't remember. Um, and that basically she was saying, like, please, gods, intervene and keep her from being able to perform <laughs> yeah. in the sack with um, Aristophanes, let's say. Yeah. Who I'm now or, hoping uh, was a man. <laughs> or Romulus, by the way, oh, smells good. bad and has a small pee Yeah. But the whole thing was um, <laughs> the whole thing was that you were basically calling upon the gods, you were invoking the gods to to do something bad to this person that you did not like. Yeah, and uh, so as you would imagine, if you had a lot of money, you were probably more educated. You could probably spell and write these things yourself. But if you were wealthy, you probably paid someone to do it, maybe beautifully. Um, but like you said, all stripes did it. So if you didn't have a lot of money, that may have been one like on a shard of clay. Mm-hmm. And you would go to – you may not be able to read or write. So you would go to a magician – and these magician, uh, how it was described in this House of Works article, were like contract attorneys. Right. And they would kind of f- give you a template and have blanks and, you know, <laughs> say fill in the blanks with like, who's your grievance? Uh, what's his name? Uh, and what was the grievance? And then they would sort of fill this thing in, Fred Flintstone style. Mm-hmm. And apparently there were times even where they found some examples of these where the, the name or the grievance was so long that they had to kind of squish it in. <laughs> And on these template forms, right. which is really funny to, if you think about it. Yeah, and also it sounds like an ancient Mad Lib, but magic Mad Lib, basically. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so um, these things got so popular and so widespread that in some of the, the cursed tablets, they'll find, like, clauses that say, and if the other person finds out that I've cursed them and they try to reverse curse me, then I am Mm. rubber and they're glue in that case, (laughs) and their curse will bounce off of me and stick to them instead. Right, and they would say, what is rubber? (laughs) I mean, let's let's just step back for a second, Chuck. We're essentially talking about the same thing. Mm -hmm. A cursed tablet and saying, I'm rubber and you're glue is basically the same thing. I just think we should point that out. Yeah, and it's funny. I do need to poke a little fun at this article because I didn't include it for your – I should have included it so you could have a laugh sure, too. Sure, I need I a laugh. deleted it. God, I need at a laugh. At the end, it was talking about where these things kind of when they fell out of popularity. And it's like, well, some argue that even though they don't do it anymore, our society is still very much like this. And just take a look at Twitter, <laughs> a sort of modern version of a cursed tablet. I got a laugh. 
Yeah. Thanks, not bad. man. Yeah. I guess I kind of, yeah. Yeah. I think they were cursing Twitter just then. Um, another thing, too, is there was a, a person interviewed that said that they were like a magical arms race because there'd be curses, counter curses, amulets. Yeah. Like the evil eye, you know, or the eye of Osiris, maybe the very famous like uh, amulet or, or symbol that was uh-huh. worn to ward off curses. Like I think that was the rubber that you would wear so that the curses would bounce off of you. Oh, like I'm looking at you, buddy. <laughs> Basically, and then that's it. Curse tablets gone for the better. Short stuff. Yes. Out. Stuff You Should Know is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows.